Awesome. Thanks, heaps, bands. Hopefully, I don't start an earthquake again. Uh, but hey, we're so excited to have you here tonight on your Sunday night. And we just want to say a big thank you uh, for coming along and, and deciding to spend your night here with us. My name is Riley. Um, I am not in a boy band, though. However, if you're in a boy band, uh, hit me up because I'd love to be a part of it. Um, but we have been, over the last three Sundays now, been journeying in a series called InSync, not NSync, uh, which is a fantastic band. We haven't made too many references to Justin Timberlake either. Um, but if you've been along for the ride, you kind of know uh, what to expect tonight. If not, we're wrapping up the series tonight, so this is part three. Uh, but that's all good. We'll be able to give you a little bit of a recap because the whole point of this series, the whole point of this series has been uh, to get you in sync with God. And if you're not after that, and if you walked in tonight and you're not really chasing that at all, that's all good because, like I said, we're wrapping up tonight. We're moving on to something else next week. So that's fine, but we've just identified that for both followers of Jesus and people who aren't followers of Jesus, uh, we often can struggle to get in sync with God because we're not exactly sure how to get in sync with God. That's why in part one of our series, one of our communicators, Chris, who oddly enough also looks like he's in a boy band, uh, in part one looked at this idea that you are a customized creation, that we are a customized creation, that there is no one like you, therefore you are unique and have a unique way of connecting with the world, with others, and with God. And then in part two, we looked at this idea that we actually have to deal with our connection errors, that in order to connect in a way to grow in any relationship, we have to deal with some of the things that actually stop us from connecting with others. And we explored a little bit around our personality. We did this thing, uh, set homework around this test called the Enneagram test that gives you kind of a little bit of idea of your personality profile. Uh, but our big underlying our kind of key idea was that to grow and get in sync with God, we have to choose to deal with our disconnects instead of letting them define us. Uh, but tonight, tonight, tonight we're going to get super practical for part three uh, because maybe for some of us we've felt a connection with God before, uh, a one-off connection, a spare of the moment time. Uh, but how do, or more so, what does it look like to stay in consistent in connecting with God, this creator of the universe? Because walking through life without a clear plan to live in sync with God, it's kind of like trying to assemble an Ikea flat pack without instructions. It's impossible. In fact, even if you have instructions, it's still impossible, but totally worth the trip to Ikea for the Swedish meatball. But when it comes to connecting with God, just as it is unlikely uh, that we will connect deeply with any person over random meetups, it is unlikely that we will connect with God in a random manner. It's unlikely that we will connect with God through random bids of connection. And I know I've connected with God through one-off moments of prayer, uh, through listening to music, uh, through just sitting, through reading, through uh, relationships in my life, these pivotal relationships, even in pivotal circumstances in my own story. These are all points of personal connection for me. But I know at the same time, I've also been guilty of giving God the option to prove himself by giving me the answers uh, to an exam, by turning the traffic light to green, through healing a loved one, through uh, physically showing up in a time and, and being in front of me. These are all bids for connection. And if you have tried to connect in any of these ways before, like me, you would know that you have been waiting on the miraculous, potentially even on the daily, at random moments that best suit you. Just like giving someone one chance, two or five, seeing them at a random time won't give you the opportunity to get to know them fully. Connecting with anyone will require effort and it will require some groundwork. So tonight, big underlying key idea to take away is that connecting consistently with God requires a game plan. To actually put some of that groundwork into action, we actually need to start 
a game plan. Uh, and if you have ever, if you've ever seen a game of under sevens football before, like small-sided football, if you've ever, uh, if you had a kid or, or have a kid who's grown up playing sports uh, in small-sided games, you know how fun it is to watch a whole bunch of littlies running around. And, and I actually coach uh, a mixed grade uh, two and prep soccer team. And if you don't know what this kind of looks like when uh, a mixed grade two and prep soccer team are together playing, it's actually hysterical. Let me paint the picture for you because you've got, you got everyone trying to get a touch on the ball to kick it and maybe, maybe by some miraculous chance, actually put the ball in the net. But at the end of the day, all these little preppies in grade two is they're chasing the ball and they're all following each other. Well, some of them. Some of them are actually, uh, they're running away from the ball. Uh, others actually running uh, towards the dog that they see in the nearby park. Uh, some actually pick up the ball. Some pick up the ball and try and eat the ball. Uh, others are building a sandcastle in the dirt. And the rest, well, they're just picking their noses, which I understand is actually an incredibly exciting moment and defining moment in the life of a five or seven-year-old. I'm sure David Beckham did it all the time. But early on, early on I realized when I was starting my coaching career with this under-sevens uh, football team, I realized pretty quickly, pretty quickly why the games weren't always working and why I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Because for all I... For all uh, my team knew, uh, the game plan was, was that there was no game plan. It was simply do what you want, kick the ball, maybe score, but there's no positions, there's no formation, just a lot of chasing and a lot of shins being bruised and snot all over my new soccer balls. But without a plan, without a plan, we are simply running around not knowing how to get what we really want. And I'm not going to sit up here uh, tonight as a critic of an under seven mixed grade two prep football team or judge the little success I've had in my career as a football manager and my downfalls in producing the next Tim Cahill prodigy. Uh, but for anyone across your work life, across your career, your family life, relationships life, we use plans. Student and uni students make study plans unique to them to tackle exams. Teachers and lecturers make lessons plans. Uh, any hospitality, cafe or Coles worker has a customer service plan. Any office job involves plans. Accountants make financial plans. Uh, actors and actresses make plans based around the script and stage when it comes to theatre productions. Surgeons have operation plans. They don't make things up as they go. That would be a terrible time. They'd be saying, listen, oh, I've checked out what the patient is here for, but they're under right now, and I was thinking to actually remove the appendix this time. Like, maybe we'll go through the knee. Maybe we'll go through the knee. We'll chuck out uh, and, and see how everything's looking through there, and, and then we'll reattach the muscular phalange to the radius apparatus arrhythmia of the carpe diem. Is that all clear? Is everything looking savvy there? Surgeons can't afford to make up a plan as they go through. It simply doesn't work like that. When we want to see a result, when we want to see things get fixed, when we want to see a good outcome, we make plans. And you and I know, you and I know that we won't see the full results of getting fitter or stronger at the gym through exercising or going for runs at random times when you feel like it. At the same time, you won't see great growth in a friendship or a courting relationship, uh, that's dating for the youngins, um, through simple, spontaneous catch-ups. It doesn't work like that. Random planning will only leave you feeling shortchanged. Uh, choosing not to plan and taking action will... That will just leave you waiting on your own Tim Cahill prodigy miracle. It leaves you waiting on the miracu miraculous. So how do we actually go about getting in sync with God? It's this. It's connecting consistently with God requires a game plan. Now, let's talk about planning because I know some of you are absolutely buzzing in your seats right now because there's some weird folk out there that love the idea of planning. You are just foaming at the mouth right now. Yes, I can draw mind maps. I can start color coordinating 
coordinating my calendar, I can schedule my life. Uh, for some of you, planning seems not only practical, but it makes sense to you. But then for others of you that aren't buzzing around the idea of planning, well, you're thinking, Riley, listen, I'm not a planner. I live by no structure. Riley, I'm a wild stallion. Adventure follows me because every day is an adventure. Planning is so robotic and I'm as spontaneous as a tree resigning its leaves to the winds, which is an unprompted metaphor like my life. For some of you, uh, you're thinking this uh, whole idea of planning is ridiculous because Riley, I can't be tamed. I can't be caged. I'm a peacock, Riley. You've got to let me fly. Now, if that's you, if that's you, I understand. Not the peacock flying bit, but the rest of it, maybe. Actually, I don't really, I actually really love planning. I'm one of those guys uh, that, that really loves structure and plans almost as much as I love strawberry milk. But I know there is a pushback when it comes to starting or at least making a plan because the idea of starting a plan has always been attractive to people who want change in their life or something new. We've all experienced those moments where we felt inspired to sit down and figure it all out and get it on a piece of paper and get the plan in place. But life at the same time, whether that's for you or, or how you see life and the people around you, has taught us that plans rarely go the way we think they will. Now, when you plan your New Year's resolutions, your career, your family, your education pathway, your finances, and for a variety of, uh, for a variety of reasons, your plans maybe simply just didn't go the way you thought. You didn't stick to them the way you thought you'd stick to them. And as a result, as a result, we tend to develop an increasing reluctance towards planning due to this expectation that it will simply not work. But assuming tonight, assuming tonight that some of you want to reconnect in with God, that you felt distance from him at some stage in your life, maybe even now, uh, for some of you assuming tonight that you actually want to start this process of getting in sync with God or at least interested in how to redirect your, redirect your life, you have to, have to acknowledge that you are unique that there is no one else like you, that your uniqueness actually makes you valuable and that the creator of the universe has a plan for you. In fact, he is more for you than anyone else because he has a plan to grow you. But plans require cooperation. Like we said, we need to put in some groundwork. Connecting with God will take some groundwork. It will require effort and it will require a plan. So how do you do it? How do you start? What's the secret source to a plan well made? Well, thankfully, uh, the source was actually given to us a long time ago. And when I say a long time ago, I'm talking like a long, long, long time ago uh, by this guy uh, through the writings of a fellow who actually had to plan in his life because he was a king. And we're not just talking, uh, we're not just looking at these writings tonight from this king because he was a king, uh, but because he was known for his wisdom. This guy was actually given the gift of wisdom by God and, and in light of all his writings, are they all based around his learnings and teachings of how to live a life of wisdom? This fellow's name is King Solomon. And in Solomon's writings, uh, that actually found in the Old Testament part of the Bible, if you've ever flicked back that way, his writings are said uh, by theologians to be so relevant to our lives today. In fact, even scholars and historians argue that his writings are timeless in being significant for readers today. Solomon was a king of Israel around 900 years before Jesus came into the picture. And his reign was in ancient times, but the people he was leading were God's chosen people. He, imagine the stress that Solomon had in his shoulder of leading God's chosen people. You best be having a plan. But Solomon gives us insight on how to make a plan that won't fail us. And this is what he writes. Solomon said that plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. And listen, even as you're looking at it right now, it, it sounds pretty simple. It sounds simple enough to make a plan that will succeed, make the plan with the advice of successful people. 
Uh, if you plan to enter into a new subject at school or uni, if you're looking at a career path you're interested in, if you need relationship advice, if you want to start a family or learn how to regain control over the relationships in your family, you don't go to people for advice that have no experience in that field. You go to the advice of people who understand why you're planning in the first place. Uh, you go to people that are ahead of the game of you. And for some of you, maybe you have those people in your life. You know who those someones are that you can go to. Uh, but for some of us, for some of us, maybe we don't do it. And why don't we do it? Why don't we go to other, other people for counsel? Uh, and the starting reason is, is that it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to say at times that we need help or need support or need advice. A lot of times we hear exactly what we don't want to hear when we go to people for advice. Seeking advice from others can reveal our faulty thinking or make us even feel faulty. Are we making decisions based on emotions or without considering all the factors involved? But what Solomon is saying is that wise advisors can offer assurance, can even reveal flaws in our reasoning. And we've already got you to, over the last couple of Sundays now, to give yourself some self-counsel. By doing some homework and doing the Enneagram test around your personality and also checking out another test called your spiritual pathway. And if you haven't done the homework tonight, it's all good. We're not checking it. But... The whole idea of this spiritual pathways test was to give you an idea of how you actually go about uniquely connecting with God. Because the unique components that make up who you are are critical guiding signs to actually accomplish your mission and the life that you were meant to live, the life that was intended for you. And the spiritual pathways test identifies that we are all in sync with God differently too. Because for some of us, and as you read on the screen, each kind of... Um, with your test gives you your own kind of profile around your own spiritual pathway with a funky name in yellow, uh, but you'll see next to a little bit of description of how you actually go about that connection. Because for some of us, for some of us, being out in nature is how we go about connecting with God. For others of us, it's actually admiring architecture, art and music, the things that we see and the things that we hear. For some of us, it's, it's structure, it's ritual, it's reading your Bible or prayer daily. Uh, for some, we connect with God in solitude and in silence. Or, for some of us, we actually connect with God through gathering information and resources and reading about who he is and studying more into the meaning of life. For others, we connect through being proactive and involved in social justice and social change. Uh, for others, it's by being a caregiver, through serving others. For some, it's being contemplative in our thoughts and in our private processing with God involved. Or for some, it's through connecting with God through the excitement of what's next or celebrating what he's done in our life alongside of that of other people. You see, all this shows us is that God doesn't create people in cookie-cutter fashion. Each of us is unique, and as a result, we all uh, have different kinds of experiences that make us feel closer to God. And after doing the test, I actually found out I'm going to struggle a lot more trying to connect with God through traditional structure of your standard kind of church service and through trying to understand him through things uh, like sensual experiences, what I see and what I hear. Now, for me, how I go about connecting with God is actually uh, spending time uh, listening to others through reading books, through talking to him about what I actually need in prayer, uh, through talking to him about what I'm thankful for and, and being near waterfalls and double rainbows. Oh my gosh, I love nature. You act on a David Attenborough docker and I'm just foaming at the mouth. It's fantastic. But that's how I go about connecting with God. Uh, but if I'm trying to connect with God by doing confessionals and, and down in communion once a day, uh, whilst admiring art and, and all the rest, I'm not operating out of my best lane to actually get in sync with him. If you're not investing in your spiritual pathway, then that's not going to help you get in sync with the creator of the universe. But with that in mind, with that in mind, we want to give you the practical tools to actually start to plan, uh, to start your plan based 
on four areas. Our four areas are actually the most talked about things related to us and relationships uh, across this book that's been sold over five billion times. Uh, we're actually going to look at four areas that authors of the Bible across the New Testament and Old Testament writings talk about when it comes talk, talk about the most when it comes to understanding more about ourselves, more about others, and more about God. And P.S., if you haven't caught up on what the application point is of tonight or the form Monday, this thing you get to take into your week so you can action and not just sit and think about what happened tonight and what you've absorbed, but actually put it into action, the big form Monday for tonight, the big plan and application point is to do this, is to do this. There we go. Make a plan. And to make a plan alongside the counsel of others, to make a plan alongside others. Because by understanding your own personality and the primary disconnection areas that are blocking you from getting in sync, you can actually narrow down. You can narrow down the choices you have to connect and have a greater chance of success and then repeat intelligent action. So for the sake of clarity, these four organizing, four key areas will help you organize your approach to connecting with God in a way that is unique to you. And with these areas, I encourage you as you make your plan to have this conversation and ask some of the questions that we're looking at alongside of someone or someone's in your life who you trust. But the first area we're going to check in with tonight to help you start your plan is this. It's your mind. Because approaching knowledge from the right perspective is always important. For anyone who has ever questioned why they're here in the world, the search for knowledge and truth is the avenue to, uh, to navigate. What are the things that engage your mind? I can understand for some of you, your past experiences with Christianity has been filled with, with RE lessons. Uh, your past experience with Christianity reminds you of your time you sat in Christian study classes, listening to chapel messages in school, growing up in church with your family, or watching the news to see uh, a ramble from a Christian person about their stance and their view on what's happening in the world. I could understand why all of the above could have been engaging for you, but also potentially far from engaging for you because of your experience of the Christian who was ex uh, presenting Christianity to you. And if that was your experience of Christians or the presentation of Christianity, that it was disengaging, then what steps are you taking? What steps do you take? What do you fill your mind with to seek out this knowledge, truth, to seek answers or explore what meaning looks like in your own faith journey? Is it podcasts? Is it books? Uh, is it videos? Is it music? Is it conversations with other people? Uh, is it conversations in circles of people you can be honest with? Is it something like a connect group for you? Is it reading the work of scholars? Uh, do you go to the library? I'm pretty sure libraries are still around. Do you go to Google? Uh, what are the steps that you're actually taking to fill your mind and learn more about who God is? And at the same time, on the other side of our, our mind, I, I know that our mind doesn't just act as a sponge of soaking up knowledge and information and facts all the time. Our mind is pretty vulnerable. It's pretty malleable. What we let our minds be engaged or exposed to can also determine what we tell uh, about ourselves to other people. It's not hard to let our mind fall victim to the world of Instagram or of social media where we find ourselves comparing ourselves to others highlight reels of their life. It's not hard to let our minds fall victim to wanting to compete, to be more driven and more busy than the people we see around us. So people see us as all these adjectives, these describing words that we want to be known as. It's not hard to try and seek out being successful and letting our minds fall victim to that too. Our minds can overcomplicate things pretty well in our friendships, in our relationships, in our family life. Our mind can tell us based on the success of those around us that if our performance falls short of perfect, uh, that failure is not an event, but failure is actually who we are. And we can fall victim to that too. Our mind can tell us how we feel is actually who we are because of the TV shows we let ourselves watch. And times when we feel the guilt of our past mistakes or absorbed by the shame 
uh, or of one past mistake, our mind can tell us that the very thing we are struggling with is the very person that we are. Our mind can tell us that we need to be more than simply just enough or else we aren't good enough. Having complete control over our mind, uh, that can be tricky because how we think and how we feel is difficult in a world filled with so much busyness, so much competition, so much depression, so much loneliness, so much anxiety too. The truth about our minds is that we have a freedom and a choice about our thoughts. So how can you be intentional in filling yours in a way? What, what, are you aware, what you are learning uh, is more about God and learning more about the person that he has actually created you to be and the person that he intended for you to be, not just the, pers- not just the person that you pretend to be. And, and to stop and, and kind of get a bigger picture on this, I want to challenge you to make your plan based off getting in check with your mind and ask yourself this question and in conversation with someone, what are the things that engage your mind and what do you fill your mind with? So that's the first area to check in with. Uh, the second uh, area is this, it's this idea of time. Because we wear watches, we glance at the clock so we don't lose track of time, yet there's something more important than knowing what the time is. It's actually knowing what to do with our time or worse, spending our time foolishly. And money is valuable is valuable. You, you can lose money, you can find more money, you can earn money, you can get more money, but time, time is different. Time is your most valuable asset in life. Now, understanding how you spend your time is important because we simply cannot get time back. What we spend the majority of our time doing is what captivates and drives our focus and attention. And if you want to do well in studying for an exam and actually learning from the unit, then you make deposits of your time to study every week and not just cram the night or two nights before the exam. If you want to see results at the gym, you don't just pump iron sporadically. You get staunchy with a scheduled routine. Investing time in connecting with someone isn't a one-off installment. You don't uh, get to know all about someone on the first date. If somehow you do, I'd be concerned with the amount of oversharing that is happening in that relationship. I'd quickly refer to the weather, state that you'd like to keep a mutual non-binding friendship, or run. That's not something you want to be a part of. But thankfully, thankfully I'm sure that doesn't happen too much. But if it was the case, that would be no fun. It would be no fun uh, just learning all about someone in one sit. You would know that learning more about someone through investing time in any friendship, any dating relationship, marriage, is fun because you are constantly learning more about that person as you go, more about yourself over time. So why should investing our time in God be any different? The busyness of life is a bit of a myth when we figure out we all have the same 24 hours in a day. There are a lot of ways we are distracted from spending time with God. And screens are such a filler of our time and they're a disconnect from all our relationships. Texting next to each other, being on social media at the same time or reading emails over dinner isn't quality time. If my body is here but my mind is distracted by all the ways I should have used my time, my thoughts keep drifting back to the list of things I need to get done today or I need to get done tomorrow, to the problems I'm having at work or with other people, we inhibit our ability to, to connect with someone. And is watching telly together quality time, well, it really depends what's on. If it's a real-life drama of a season of The Bachelor where you experience true heartache and the ups and downs of searching for true intimacy through the true, authentic relationships of other people, then yes, of course, that is quality time. But if it's married at first sight, well, that's just unbiblical. So use discernment and common sense there, and we'll pray for you at the end of the night. But being fully present, being fully present requires a commitment of time. But the time you spend connecting doesn't have to be done in a superficial, overly sentimental way. You connect... You can connect with God through prayer, through reflection, through journaling, through being silent in your car, all those nine minutes between when you hit the snooze button and when you actually get up. 
There's so many ways you can go about using your time and actually keeping your spiritual pathway in mind. And ultimately, a short but regular time with God is better than an extended but random time with Him. So to make a plan, to make a, to make a plan to get real and in sync with God, check in with someone and have a conversation around the question of where do you spend your time? And as we move on to our third area, uh, which is relationships. The reality of relationships is that the people that you know determine the story that you will tell. And the people you're hanging out with today are shaping the person that you'll become tomorrow. If you become friends with people who make good decisions, chances are that you'll make some pretty good decisions. If the people uh, you surround yourself with are passive, unmotivated, lethargic, you'll likely find yourself doing less, not more, by either being around them or measuring yourself to them. The success that I'd call success in my own life uh, has rarely ever been achieved alone. Having a someone or a group of someones around you that are for you, that will give you feedback, that will encourage you, that will affirm you, that will be honest with you, accept you, and know you is one of the greatest feelings in the world. And the very thought of being known to people in our relationships can be a scary thought too because all of a sudden we, have a, uh, we are letting people see into the mess of our own life as well. But having people who know us, who are ahead of the game to us, close mates, uh, a teacher, a coach, uh, mum, dad, a mentor, a grandparent, a brother or a sister, a best friend is massive because when we have someone pour into our lives in such a way that it makes us want to live life to the full, it really gives us every reason to want to pour into the lives of others. And the question to ask to make a plan around to get real and to get in sync with God and have this conversation around other people is this, who is pouring into you and who are the people that you are pouring into? And finally, as we look at this last kind of area together. It's, it's a bit of a funny one. Uh, but this one is serving. The fourth area to check in with and make your plan around is serving. Because real personal change starts with putting your plan and words into action. God hasn't called us to be spiritual consumers uh, as Christians, but it's actually called us to be spiritual contributors. And if you're someone who's not a follower of Jesus, you would know how pivotal relationships are in your life and what it's like to actually give generously to other, others, to add value to others or to have someone add value to you. God wants to use your life, whether you follow Jesus or whether you don't see yourself as one. Your unique gifts, your personality and your abilities, he wants to use them to change the lives of others. And the impact of that service will change lives. Uh, for those serving, for the people they serve, for the people they show love to, and even for those who see them giving their time to help someone else. When you're serving, it comes from a place of gratitude, a place where everyone has poured into and given so freely to you. You have an opportunity make an eternal difference to someone's life through choosing to serve them. So to make a plan to get real with yourself and in sync with God, check in with someone and ask yourself this question of where are you giving? In light of everything tonight as we, we land the plane on this series, I want you to know I'm not going on my way here to, to try and convince you uh, to become a Christian or, or become a follower of Jesus. I know for a fact it's changed my life, but at the same time, I know anyone else could, could step into the scene and simply unconvince you as well. Uh, and because of that, all I'm saying tonight, all I'm saying is that if you want to uh, make change in your life, if you want to redirect the course of how your story is being written, if you want to connect in with the creator of the universe who's actually for you, who has a plan that is far beyond your own imagination, then you have a chance tonight to actually step away with a starting point, to actually make a plan and bring the lens of other people into it. Because if we choose not to at times, if we choose to neglect this idea of actually starting something, well, 
we can actually become the biggest disconnection to allowing ourselves to actually know more about God and the person that he intended us to be. And the best way to experience the results you're seeking is to know the one that created you and the way that he created you. In light of everything God wants for you and has gifted to you is life. In light of being you, in light of you being unique, in the personality that you have, the characteristics that you have been gifted, the fears that can control you at time and the strengths and the gifts that you possess, in light of all the things that make up you, you who came into this world, who had a one in three trillion chance of being born into this world, you who is a living miracle, there is no one else like you. You are invaluable because of who you are in light of the story that is being written for you, the story of your life and all the dreams you have. If God truly has a plan for your life that exceeds your own expectations, if this is a God who wants to see you step into your potential more than your friends, more than your parents, more than your grandparents, then act on a starting point and make a plan with someone or someone and make your plan based around those four areas, the four areas of your mind, your time, your relationships and where you serve. Because your story is not over. If you're someone who's been living in the guilt of your past and the shame of your past too, it's not too late to change the story that you'll tell one day. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of who you see yourself as, regardless of what you haven't done, your future is still unwritten. You have more victories to win, more friends to meet, more of a difference to make, more challenges to overcome, more adversity to uh, learn from, more of God's goodness to experience, whether or not you like the plot so far. And if God's guidance and help, you can transform your story into one that you're proud to share. There is no better time to start writing your future story than right now. This is God who came down, brought himself into history in a time when we said we didn't want him came and extended an invitation, a starting point to a new life. Making a plan is a starting point to changing your story and stepping into the life intended for you. A starting point to invest in getting in sync with a God who loves you, a God who sees you as a masterpiece, and a God who is for you. I'd love to pray with you together, uh, and then I'll move you through what's happening next. But God, uh, we thank you for who you've created us to be. Uh, you've created us to be unique in our own talents, our own gifts, our own personality. We thank you for the people that you've written into our story. Lord, we know there's times when we can feel so disconnected from other people in our life that we simply walk away, we withdraw, we say we don't want any part of it. We try to deal with everything by ourselves. We take on the burden. We tell ourselves that it's on us to trust ourselves to fix all our problems. But God, we thank you that you wrote yourself into the story. And you said otherwise, that the plan that you have for our life will exceed our own expectations. But we pray in terms of you reconnecting with you. It comes through checking in with our mind. The things we fill it with, with our time and how we use it in our relationships, who's pouring into us but at the same time, God, how we actually go about serving others and for some of us through serving you too. We pray for your strength and for your glory. We pray these things in your name. Amen.